Welcome to Two Bookworms, one podcast, the book club podcast. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And we have a special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself or do you want me to introduce you? Hi, I'm Steve. <laughs> <laughs> He's real. He's here. Producer. We finally got him on the mic. Lacey and I are, well, and Steve and the dogs. Um, we are live. Well, by the time you hear this, it's not live, but we're in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Because mm-hmm. by the time you hear this, we won't be here anymore. Yeah. So we won't have to worry about our safety in case there's like crazy <laughs> listening. Um, but yeah, we're in a little cozy cabin in the woods of Oklahoma. With some noisy neighbors. Oh my God. <laughs> Till like 3.30 a.m. last night. They're like hollering and driving up and down the gravel driveway. And I'm like, what the fuck are y'all doing? And then Lacey and I were trying to take a little cat nap today, and all we hear is, ah, <laughs> it's bullshit, <laughs> such bullshit. Anyways, but we're having a good time. We're, um, after this, we're going to go roast some hot dogs and- And that's going to be us on the campfire. Marshmallows. Yeah, we're going to keep up our neighbors tonight. Fuck them neighbors. <laughs> if you're listening, fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, um, a few things. So this is like a special episode. It's our 20th episode, and we're also like on location- so, we're going to read you campfire spooky stories, because, you know, it's, like, fun. But I do have a few things to talk to you about first. The first thing is, I posted this on our Instagram, but True Blood is being rebooted. Uh, yeah. What do you think about that? Did just, you watch the original one? I did, but I stopped at the last season because it was utterly ridiculous. It's horrible. I mean, I stopped after the third season because it's, like, doesn't follow the book storyline it just gets too it, crazy yeah, and like crazy. several people that commented on the thread said the exact same thing that they it was too ridiculous it like was. too out there and i did love it i did love the characters but the last season really it was like the last season of game of thrones it was horrible yeah it ruined it so it ends totally different than the book oh yeah totally, totally different. different um so reboot means they're like Totally redoing it. It's not like a reunion, or they would no. say reunion, yeah, right? Okay. No, completely different. And it's the dude that makes Riverdale, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. Because he makes Sabrina, too. I don't know if they are involved with Sabrina, because it does kind of have the same vibe. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. I probably should look that up. Well, now they're doing True Blood on HBO Max, so. It's just crazy because True Blood ended not that long ago. It was a while ago. Like, longer than I realized or something? Yeah, it's been some years. I'm like, why are they already rebooting this? Okay, hopefully we get a better Sookie Stackhouse. Yeah. She was, like, annoying. Uh, we get I a like better Andy Bill. Backlin. We get a better Bill. Yeah, a better Bill. Um, How about they bring the central love storyline to the show, which is Eric and yeah. Sookie. Hello. Yeah. Well, and, and... Werewolf. Um, okay, that was one of my main issues with it because they make the wear community look like trash yeah. in the show. And in the book, they're like sophisticated and educated. And they really did them dirty in the show. Like, that was fucked up. They did. They, they did. literally made them like a biker gang. Yeah. And they didn't even really explore, like, they just kind of focused on the werewolves. Mm. They didn't really explore, like, wares that turn into other animals. Anything. Oh, and also Sam's mom, they made her like a dog in a dog fighting ring. 
when she was like well sam's family wasn't even really in the show either not yeah not very much but in the book she's like a well like a prominent person in fort worth Mm -hmm. fuck that show dude hopefully they do this shit better um yeah we'll see next thing i want to talk to you about is the book layla by colleen hoover that just came out this week so, because I couldn't sleep last night because of our uh, loud-ass neighbors, I read <laughs> the whole thing. And this was like, like Colleen even said, this was a very different like genre for her. Because she kept calling it like a paranormal romance. And, you know, she's just romance. And then she has Verity, which is like a paranormal thriller type. Um, so, this was pretty different. And there was some, like Steve can tell you when I was reading it, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> So, it's like this dude meets this chick. He's he's playing. He's a band playing this wedding, and the chick is like the sister of the bride. They fall in love. He's like a singer songwriter in Nashville, and he has this crazy ex girlfriend who's like stalking him. And there's like a knock on the door one day, and Layla, the girlfriend, answers it, and. The crazy ex-girlfriend shoots her in the head and shoots him in the shoulder. So after Layla's shot in the head, she's like different. Like, hello. She has a fucking brain injury, right? Yeah. And um, he feels guilty because he's like, it's my fault. Like, I'm the one that brought my crazy ex into Layla's life, you know. And I I failed to protect her. Because after that, he shot and killed a crazy ex-girlfriend. But it doesn't say that until, like, spoiler alert, (laughs) way later on. Um, Yeah, I'm about to talk about some spoilers. So if you haven't read Layla yet and you want to, maybe fast forward a little bit. But then Layla's different. She doesn't remember things. You know, he's trying to help her work through that. So he's kind of, like, become her caretaker. caretaker. He's very resentful about that. She's kind of fucked up. But, like, you also can't just, like, dump the chick because yeah. she just got shot in the head because of you. So, they, he decides to go back to the place where they met, this bed and breakfast, which is for sale now. And he's like, we're going to stay there a few weeks and try to, like, rekindle this. So, while he's there, a fucking ghost is there haunting him. And he starts falling in love with the ghost, Lacey. What? And, like, the ghost possesses his girlfriend. So, like, he waits for his girlfriend to go to sleep at night so the ghost can possess her. So oh, he can. Oh, my goodness. I was like, what the fuck is happening? I've never read a book like this before. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was wild. Um, I It wasn't my favorite Colleen Hoover book. Um, it wasn't horrible. Maybe, like, three and a half, three point seven five 3.75 stars. But, you know, I told you, like, Heartbones was, like, five stars. That book was incredible. Yeah. But, um... The way he whines a lot was kind of annoying. He whines a lot about, like, his relationship with Layla deteriorating and his relationship with the ghost, like, accelerating. And he... Do you want me to tell you the twist? Yeah. Okay, so the twist is the reason he's falling in love with the ghost is because it is Layla. And in his girlfriend is the crazy ex-girlfriend because when she shot her, Layla flatlined. And both of their souls left their bodies, and the ex-girlfriend took over Layla's body. But she doesn't exactly remember, but she kind of has an idea that she's really the ex-girlfriend. But the ghost is Layla, and they figure it out, and he's like... So then he has to, like, kill the ex-girlfriend to try to get her to leave the body so Layla can get back in it. I know, it's... Look at this. What the fuck? This is like an episode of Supernatural or some shit. 
It was entertaining. I stayed up to like 4 a.m. finishing it. So, but yeah, read Layla if you haven't read it. So, we'll go ahead, get into our scary campfire stories. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? We can alternate. Okay, you want me to go first? We can alternate. Well, because that's not really a story. But basically, so I found out why there's all of the Bigfoot memorabilia. Yeah, right so Lacey and I went to like a souvenir shop today and tons of Sasquatch shit. Like, you yeah. know, like stickers and like shirts. Tons. And, like tons. Mm-hmm. Even little figurines. Like they have this big statue out front. All of it. But basically, what happens is that there's, for generations, there's been stories about him being seen here. But specifically, like, five years ago, this guy, Charles Benton, claims that he saw Bigfoot, like, while Hmm. he was camping in the woods. Oh, shit. So, he's got actually a picture on this article of the exact same place we went, outside of Janet's treasure chest, with the... I didn't even see the statue. so that's the dude that saw him? Yeah, I didn't even see the statue out there. And she, if you want to see it, she's reading that from stateimpact.npr.org by Logan Layden. Yeah, but he's uh, yeah, not, like, I didn't see the statue either. They had a ton either. of statues though. But yeah. listen, if you're in Broken Bow, Hocha, Hocha Town, we don't know how to say it. Um, go to Janet's treasure chest because that place was legit. Yeah, that place was the bomb. Really but that's that's why we see them everywhere because hmm. apparently it originated here. Even so much that there was like a 1972 low budget movie called The Legend of Boggy Creek. Is this Boggy Creek? I don't know. Hmm. But it says it's it just crosses back and forth between Oklahoma and Arkansas. I will say, though, like, when I was in North Carolina, they had the same shit. They put shit everywhere. When we were in Tennessee, the Great Smoky Mountains, they had the same shit. Bigfoot gets around. And then when we were in Colorado, they're like, (laughs) Bigfoot crossing. So they all kind of have, like, a claim to this creature who some people think is an alien. (laughs) That's a story for another day, my friends. (laughs) Okay. So, I have a few, and then I have one that William sent in, so we'll get to it. Um, This one is a little spooky. You ready? Yeah. And two of mine are kind of long. That's okay. So, a hiker was making his way through the dent... Oh, sorry. (laughs) Before I get into this, I got all of mine from (laughs) reddit.com, and the username is vertigo21125. V-I-R-T-I-G-O-21125. So thanks, Vertigo. They said this is their favorite one. A hiker was making his way through the dense woods of a moonlit forest, as he'd done many times before. The loosely packed dirt of a trail not yet blazed gave way under his boots as he ventured late into the night. Wow, Vertigo must be like a writer or something. (laughs) It was far past midnight by this point, and the hiker desperately needed to sleep. The man knelt down and shrugged off his backpack, uh, preparing to set up his tent, until he took note of a light somewhere afar in the distance. With curiosity piqued, he donned his pack once more to discover the source of the light. Uh, fuck up number one. Let's just go ahead and say it. As he approached the offending bulb, he began to notice that it wasn't a light by itself, but an entire cottage lit up somewhat dimly in the dead of night. (laughs) Manners be damned. The hiker decided that he'd ask the owner of the cottage for some lodging for the night. After all, his tent could be awful, awfully uncomfortable from time to time. Um, if you, you don't want to, if you don't want to sleep in your tent, why the fuck are you hiking in the that middle too. of the fucking night? That too. And why would Stupid. you ask a stranger? Can I sleep in your house? 
At like 1 a.m. Yeah. yeah. Hello, you're asking to be murdered. <laughs> However, after several minutes of bare knuckles, raping, rapping, raping, rapping, rapping. my bad, rapping, <laughs> could have gone either way. Yeah. Rapping against solid wood, not a soul answered his call. Okay, you need to leave, dude. Yeah. Who answers their door Nobody's at 1 in the morning? Home. He continued to knock and knock and knock, hoping that somebody was home to shelter him. After a few more bouts of this, so he's an asshole because he's banging on these people's door. The man, quickly making a decision of ethics, decided to sleep outside or or intrude without an invitation. What they don't know, don't hurt them, the man decided, testing the lock to see if breaking and entering was in order. To his surprise, the door gave way instantly, the hinges eerily creaking as he made himself at home in the cottage. The cottage was simple enough. There was a small kitchen that was attached to a living room which held nothing but a pull-out couch. That's kind of, that's what's in ours. <laughs> that's kind of freaky. It was fairly standard, nothing fancy, but it was better than a tent. The only thing that the hiker wasn't comfortable with was an odd sort of collection that the occupant of this cottage had. Some sort of painting collection of disfigured faces with malicious expressions that lined the walls of the room. Each canvas seemed to glare at the man with personal hatred and malice that he'd never experienced before. Maybe it's like Harry Potter paintings, and they're like, yo, get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> After a few moments of curious staring and cold shivers, the man turned away from the art and tucked himself into bed for a night's rest. After a few hours of abysmal sleep, the hiker rose with an uncomfortable feeling. He felt uneasy and stood to his feet to gather his belongings before setting off again as quickly as possible. As he packed his bedroll back into his pack, he stared again at the wall once more to gaze upon the odd paintings that he'd seen the night before. His heart stopped cold as he realized there were only windows. The end. (laughs) (laughs) It had some real Goldilocks vibes. Um, So, where the fuck... This makes me think of that movie, like, Wrong Turn, with those fucking... What were they? What, what, like mountain men? Those inbreds or whatever? Oh my god. Yeah. They're like looking in the windows and shit. Yeah. That's, they were probably setting a trap for you, jackass. Like probably. hoping some idiot would come up there. I wouldn't have even slept Fuck there. no. I wouldn't have even gone anywhere near that fucking cabin in the middle of the night. I wouldn't have been hiking in the middle of the night. No. Let's be real. Okay. No. So cabin in the woods. Murderous pictures. And he's like, yeah, we're just going to go to sleep. Yeah, we're just going to sleep. Just Let me just go sleep. ahead and make, make pull this bed out and go to bed, fucker. <laughs> okay. I could sleep that easily. Right. I wish okay. I could last night. So, this is one I've never heard before that apparently took place in, like, peril. Oh, shit. Okay, and where did you get the story from? It's kind of a mix between blogs, um, different kinds of blogs. There's one that's called... Uh, Legend of the Candy Lady. Wordpress.com, and then the other one is only in your state.com. Okay. But basically, there's this woman named Clara Cranes. She was alive around the 20th century, married to an older man, had one child named Marcella, but Marcella was killed in an accident, and Clara blamed her husband so much that she poisoned him with caramels. Oh shit! <laughs> Don't know what like the accident or anything. There's very little about this lady, <laughs> but it said she was sent to the North Texas Lunatic Asylum, which is now Terrell State. And then after she was released, kids started disappearing. 
So she really, okay. Okay, wait, sorry. Rusty was going ham with that Christmas dinosaur. So she poisons her husband with the caramels. Yeah, with poison caramels. And then she gets sent to the state asylum. Yeah. Okay. Now Terrell State. She's eventually released for overcrowding and then kids start disappearing. <laughs> released from a mental hospital for overcrowding. And for overcrowding. <laughs> she was one of the least crazy, so. God. She got to go. And then when she was released, she went where? She just kids started disappearing. Okay, okay. But then it apparently somebody started luring children to their death by leaving candy on their windowsills just before bedtime in the hopes that they would wait for their parents to fall asleep and then eat all of the treats. Ew. And then supposedly she would grab them, feast on their blood until there isn't any left. Ew. So children were going missing. No leads were found. They didn't As run away. True they story. weren't kidnapped, apparently. Um, as some of the kids got older, they confessed to not eating candy left on their windowsill. So I guess the ones that survived didn't eat the candy, and the ones that disappeared did. Oh my god, I would have been dead. I would have eaten that fucking candy. I would have so, been like, ooh, treat. I know, right? I would have been like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so the parents started to wonder if maybe the kids had been poisoned like Clara's husband. And so the sheriff starts investigating, and then he disappears. And turns up with his Ooh. eyes being stabbed out with forks and his pockets stuffed with candy. Oh my god, this Whoa. Clara's a crazy right? bitch. Right, and then a farmer also found a child-sized set of teeth inside a candy wrapper in his fields. Ooh. So, it's urban legend, of course, but, I mean, is it real or is it not? Fuck that. I I've look, never even heard of this one. I look at Terrell a lot differently. Right? And we Shit. live so close. I'm like, I've never even heard of this. You know what that kind of reminds me of? Um, because I relate everything to true crime. There's this famous case where, I want to say it was like the 70s. It was Halloween. And this man's kids, like they were out trick-or-treating. Like one of them was dressed up as Star Wars or something. One of them was something else. And they got these like huge, like those giant pixie sticks. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, the top had been filled with cyanide. And you could tell it had been, like, re like opened and then, and like, stapled, stapled back. Yeah, because yeah, so, like, those were stapled. Uh-huh. Like, so, like, the two kids died. Or one of them died. The other one, I think they got in time or something. And then one of their friends had gotten a pixie stick, too. So, once the police, because they, they smelled it, you know, they say, like, it smells like almonds, mm-hmm. cyanide. So, they go to the friend's house like the police and they're knocking on the parents' door and they're like, Hey, where's your kid? Where's their candy? And they're like, they're upstairs asleep. And so the mom's like, should I be worried? So they go upstairs and the kid like fell asleep with the pixie stick in his hand and he couldn't get it open. (sighs) They're like, thank fucking God. We'll come to find out the dad had killed his own kids for life insurance. (gasps) It's like a true, I can't remember the names, but it's like a true, true crime. Holy shit. Yes. And it was going to kill their friend just to make it look like not suspicious on him. Like it was a group, you know what I mean? Crazy. But kids life insurance policies aren't even that much. Like, mine's, like, triple what my son's is. I guess if you're... Like, really? You needed $10,000 or $20,000 right. that bad? Right. Ugh. Okay. My next one is also from Reddit. Um, this is from Killing Joke 96 <laughs> So, they said, this was one I heard a while ago, and I think Mr. Nightmare covered it on YouTube. That involved a father and his kid hunting in the woods. 
After a while, the father realized they were being watched by a man who would occasionally pop his head out from behind a tree to look at them. The father and son moved to different spots about three times, and the man was still watching them from behind a nearby tree every time. Eventually, the father walked the kid to their car, and they went to face the man to see what his problem was. When he went to the last tree, he saw the man... Okay, <laughs> I was like, am I reading this one? It wrote, he saw the man at he found a disembodied head. So I guess he went to where he saw the, the man yeah, and found head. a disembodied head. Turns out there was a serial killer on the loose luring campers to their deaths with decapitated heads. The police said the man probably only escaped with his life because the assailant clicked on that he was armed. And then uh, Killing Joke said, that shit fucked me up the first time I heard it. So that means he, yeah, because that means he was following him with that head on the with stick. The head. And just popping it out behind uh, the tree. Oh my god. I know, when we went out for the, after I read this and then we took the dogs for a walk, I was like, <laughs> I see a fucking face. Like, hello, you're a hunter, you have a fucking gun in your hand. <laughs> oh my god, that was terrifying. Um, let's go for a funny one. So William sent this one in. <laughs> it's really funny. I saved it for you guys. Okay. So he said, the best one is my best friend and I went camping with a group of like 12 guys. We had a two person tent and a 10 person tent to be not to be nice. Oh, also this is not scary. He just said it was funny to be nice. My friend and I volunteered to take the two person tent. They forgot the rain cover for it, but it's a Texas summer. No big deal. Zero percent chance of rain in the forecast. Um, William, you should know. You should in Texas, if it's zero percent chance, it's going to fucking rain. Yeah. He said, sidebar, we didn't bring any camping stuff, so we are sleeping on the ground using our blue jeans as pillows. <laughs> <laughs> Dudes, I swear. <laughs> Not a Boy Scout. <laughs> no. So cut to the middle of the night, I wake up, and my half of the tent is completely submerged in water. We have no means to bail it out, and I don't. we didn't want to wake up the rest of the camp. I would fucking wake them right. up. So we shared half of the tent for the rest of the night by laying essentially on top of one another, alternating <laughs> whose turn it was to be on top. <laughs> and I said, oh my god, kids. And he goes... We were like seventeen. <laughs> like I can think of so many. Like go sit in the car. Yeah. Go like go, go sleep in the ten person tent. Double up. Why did yeah, you? I not... would go squeeze in the ten person tent. Yes. Why did you not bring a sleeping bag or a pillow Why? or a blanket? Did you take off your jeans and roll them up and lay on them? I have questions, William. I need to know. Was it like an extra pair of jeans? And like, I also need to know how you were laying on one another. Was it right. feet to face or face to face? Or... And then alternating who gets to drive. Like, William, why can't you go back to back like in Forrest Gump? Like, oh, yeah. Why like, you gotta yeah. be like laying on top of one another? <laughs> That's so funny. And <laughs> when he said we were like 17, I was like, oh shit. Well, they're still kids, whatever. <laughs> okay. That is a good one. I'll let Lacey go now. That was my only two. Okay. So, this last one, it's not about camping, but it is a story <laughs> that I heard on my favorite podcast, and that's why we drink. And it is one of the scariest, like, urban legend stories I have ever like it really messed me up so when we started talking about doing this episode I was like hey I think that's what I want to do 
but I didn't know how I could work it in. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell it. Cause I think it's a really like entertaining story. Really creepy. It's very, very long. And we will be cutting in with our two cents as usual. So this is also on Reddit and the username is gallop underscore triumph. And then there's like a edit at the beginning. A few folks have asked me to expand on this story, which was their first post here in no sleep. I guess no sleep is like spooky story. Oh, okay. yeah. Seems like the Reddit expert. Okay. So per Reddit's request, I contacted my old friend who reminded me of a few more strange events that night. So here's the original story that they wrote plus the extended info. And they said, this is a true story and it is the creepiest thing that have, that has ever happened to me. So I remember I kept telling you, I think it was Devil's Canyon. Remember I was searching yeah, it. And I was you like, were looking it up. I was like, yeah. isn't there a famous canyon in like California? It's Black Star Canyon. So set the set the tone okay black star canyon is a real place in orange county california where i live many people believe it to be inhabited by malevolent wait how do you say that word malevolent i can't say that word (laughs) how do you say it malevolent malevolent that's gonna be the only time by a malevolent entity (laughs) i'm sorry guys i have a lisp and an abnormally large tongue some call it the demon of black star You can Google this creature for more info. I'm not saying this entity had anything to do with this story, but the story takes place in my buddy's house, which is in Blackstar. I'm 26 now, so this was some time ago. At age 14, I was invited by my high school buddy Daniel to hang out with him and babysit their five-year-old brother Alex in their fabulously appointed mansion. Their house was very old but had a new intercom system, so the parents could locate slash yell at the kids from anywhere in the house. My dad does that shit. Like, he has an intercom in his house. And, like, when I stayed there, in my room in the morning, he's like, rise and shine. I'm like, he's fucker. Like, that's creepy. Or Could like, you imagine if he had that when we were kids, though? Dude. I've knocked on the door before, and he's like, where's your key to get in? Like, over the intercom. I'm like, so you got up to use the intercom, but you can't get up to come answer the door? Jesus. All right, back to the story. My dad dropped me off right as Daniel's parents were leaving. We were already up in his room playing PlayStation when the speaker in his room crackled to life. Okay, we're leaving, guys. We ordered a pizza for you. It'll be here in a half hour. Then I caught a glimpse of their car leaving the driveway. After they've already left. Not even five minutes later, the intercom, intercom starts popping and static fuzzing, and a really soft, barely audible woman's voice comes on. We love you, Alex. We love you. We all do. So Alex is the little kid, little five-year-old. There was a lot of feedback and interruption, but this is what I made out from it. Then, in a much clearer, normal transmission, Alex responds, Who are you? Mama? This freaked us out a lot, and we ran and grabbed Alex out of the upstairs bonus room. (laughs) It says rich people, right? Where (laughs) Where he was watching a movie. We searched the entire house, finding no one, of course, and Alex explained, it was probably the cold people. They come in at night where it's warm. First of all, kids are into some spooky shit that they think is normal shit. Cold people. Fuck. What the fuck's a cold people? Yeah. Oh, my God. So when the pizza guy made the delivery, Alex kept laughing hysterically, and we kept asking, what's so funny? He refused to tell us. 
A few hours later, we were watching a movie, and Alex again broke into hysterical laughter again, saying, I know, I know, to himself. Daniel yelled at Alex, what is your problem? And Alex responds while laughing and laying on his back on the carpet, the pizza boy's gonna die, the pizza boy's gonna die. The five-year-old. Yeah. I'd be like, Mom, you need to get the fuck home from your date right now. Your kid, exactly. This ain't my kid, this is your fucking kid, this is your responsibility. This is Damon. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Around 9 p.m., we put Alex to bed and went onto the balcony to smoke weed. (laughs) Sounds about right. The balcony overlooks the canyon, which is very dark. Wait, didn't it say they were like 14? Yeah, but that sounds about right. Shit. Mm -hmm. That is very true. The moon lit everything up just a little bit, and as we stood there, we heard this terrible, terrible scream. It was the scream of an animal, not a person. Those of you who live in wooded areas know the sound of a rabbit getting picked off by a coyote. It was kind of like that but a much louder, longer shriek that echoed through the entire canyon. It was sad and frightening at the same time, and it deeply disturbed me. At this point, I realized I'd smoked too much and went into Daniel's room to lay down on my sleeping bag. Bro, your friend's rich and they're making you sleep on a sleeping bag? Right. What the fuck? Where's my extra room? I, and they're not really a friend because I would never let my friend sleep on the floor in a sleeping bag. Well, to be fair... If you're having a sleepover, you don't go sleep in the other room in the guest room. If you're kids, that's actually, true. hanging out. I did have a friend in high you're school sleeping, you know, who you're she did make me sleep in the other room. Like really? Yeah, and it was that's like weird. um, it that's was really it wasn't like that's a weird. real couch. It was kind of like a kind of like that that folded out, like a futon type thing. No, it was like um, it kind of looked like kitty furniture, you know, like like it's kind of smaller scale, and it was like a like a recliner that folded out to uh, a bed. Oh, kind of like a little cot. But she was an only child, and you know, only kids are kind of weird about like sharing. You know what I mean? That's no offense, we're an only kid. It's just an observation. But like Lacey and I, we shared a twin bed until yeah. like <laughs> we were in high school. Yeah. I didn't get a queen bed until like my junior year of high school. Lazy and I fit in a fucking twin. Yeah. But we did the real sleepover stuff. We'd laugh and everything until we just Fuck yeah. passed out. Exactly. All right. So Daniel played PlayStation on his bed while I tried to calm down on my sleeping bag, but my head was spinning and all the creepy things that had occurred tonight were starting to add up. I was way, way too stoned. And I kept getting this nagging idea that there was something in Daniel's closet, which was about two yards away from my feet. For about 15 minutes, I just sat there thinking of all the different kinds of horrible things that could be inside it, trying to imagine what the cold people look like. Finally, I jumped up and yanked the door open. It was a walk-in closet with all kinds of clothes, a snowboard, and other crap a rich kid should have. There was a stuffed animal dolphin from SeaWorld sitting on the ground, which I knew belonged to Alex, so I picked it up and walked down the hall to his room to return it. Do you ever get that flash of dizziness from entering a closet or a room? I don't know if it's the smell or the stale air or what, but sometimes I get this feeling like I need to get out quick, and that's how I felt in that closet. I reasoned it was the weed. Like, all right, bro. You're (gasps) clearly the type of person that weed makes you paranoid. Maybe you should just not smoke smoke. anymore. You don't know that at 14. That's true. That's true. That is true. He learned today. (laughs) (laughs) Alex was awake on the top bunk of his bunk bed. I gave him the stuffed animal, and he thanked me. Then he asked, where's my water? I replied, I don't know. Do you want some? He sat up in bed and said, I asked mom for some, but she just stared at me and walked out. Mommy's at home. (laughs) What the fuck? This rattled me a lot. I told him to sit tight for a minute. Then I went and got Daniel and we walked downstairs to the garage to see if his parents had gotten home yet. They had not. And all the doors were locked 
and the expensive alarm system armed. We went back up and interrogated Alex, and he said, I woke up, and she was just standing at the doorway looking at me. I asked her for water, and she turned around and left. I thought she went to Daniel's room. We brought Alex into Daniel's room and set up a sleeping bag for him next to mine so we'd all be together. Then we called their parents' cell phone, but they didn't answer. That's smart of them to bring the kid in with them, though. Like, yeah. Because they know mm-hmm. some shit's yeah. going on, and they're like, okay. But, you know, I would have been like, fuck that kid. He's on his own. He's no. talking to cold people. No. He's saying the pizza boy's going to die. Fuck that kid. You can't leave him by It's himself. too late for him, Lacey. It's no, too late. It's then the doorbell rang. It was the community security guards who worked at the front gate and patrolled the neighborhoods. So, damn, these people were, like, super rich. Like, super rich. They told us that Daniel's next-door neighbor, Mrs. Schwartz, was watching TV in her living room when she noticed a woman standing at the glass door to her uh, patio, staring in at her, watching her. She screamed and called 911, but after a sweep of the premises, they found no one. The guards wanted to know if we'd seen or heard anyone. We said no, and they promised us they'd look around the property and sweep the neighborhood every hour. Well, okay, why didn't you just tell them the that truth? You did, yeah. Were you going to tell them that the cold people are here? Be like, I oh, mean, well, this, like, freaking kid over here saw some woman that he thought was his mom that yeah. ain't his mom. Inside the house with Hell the alarm yeah. system not gone off? <clears throat> I mean, just saying. I did it. So we went to bed. I was so out of it from fear and exhaustion that I just wanted to hide under some blankets. When I tell you that I would be going the fuck home. Yeah, I'd be going home too. I'd be calling my mom. Mama. I'd be like, Daniel, you're my friend, but you're on your motherfucking own. I can't sit here exactly. all Exactly. Mom, come <laughs> pick me the fuck up. Around 1 a.m., I woke up to the sound of whispering. I lifted my head off the pillow and looked around the room. The moonlight seeped in through the window just enough to light up Alex, who was standing at the intercom. A voice was whispering from inside it, but I couldn't make out any of the words. He pressed the button and said, I can't. They don't want me to go downstairs. I jumped up and shook Daniel awake and shouted, What the fuck are you doing, Alex? He was obviously startled and replies, She wants me to let her in, Dan. She says she's freezing. Daniel grabbed Alex and pulled him away from the intercom, then pressed the button and said, Who the fuck are you? Question. Um, is there an intercom outside? Right. After a few seconds, there was just a hissing, popping, staticky noise, then nothing. I asked Daniel if there was an intercom outside the house, and he said no. There were two intercoms downstairs and four upstairs. So whoever was using it was inside the house. Was already inside the house. I just got the fucking chills, dude. <laughs> and I and like the fans moving, and I keep thinking I see a face up there. That is a face. <laughs> it's a it's a disembodied. You're not even going head on to a cook stick. Your hot dogs. Listen, you're like, I'm not going. Anymore. Y'all are gonna have to cook my shit. And no, bring we're not. It for me. <laughs> no, you chose this. You chose this life. <laughs> um, we called the security guards, who checked the entire house and disabled the intercom for us. They said it was probably malfunctioning and picking up signals from a nearby house with the same system. We went back to sleep, and this time, I slept against the wall between the intercom, so Alex would literally have to step on me to use the intercom. At about 3 a.m., where the fuck did his parents go? Yeah. It's 3 a.m. Like, clubs close at 2. Yeah. They went to a hotel. The after party. (laughs) They went somewhere. At about 3 a.m., we all jumped awake to deafening, terrifying screams. I was so shocked that it took me a second to realize that it wasn't Alex or Daniel screaming. It was someone else. Someone else inside the bedroom with us. The lights flicked on, illuminating the entire room in blinding light. I first noticed Daniel, who had turned on the lights. Then I saw a woman, 
standing there in the doorway, completely silent, her eyes wide open. It was Daniel's mom, Carrie. She didn't move or make a sound for a few seconds. Daniel said, Mom? And then she lifted her hand slowly, pointed at the closet door, and resumed screaming uncontrollably. Her screams were so loud, I actually thought I was going to have a heart attack. I have never been so afraid. Then a huge, lumbering form came barreling down the hallway toward Daniel's room. It was Daniel's father, Ben. Both Daniel and his dad grabbed Carrie and gently guided her out of the room, calling her name. Ben apologized to me over and over, saying that his wife suffered from night terrors and that it was actually somewhat common for her to have fits of screaming or sleepwalking. After about 10 minutes, everything had calmed down and Carrie was awake. She returned to apologize to me and to calm Alex down, who was actually handling the situation quite maturely for a five-year-old. He asked her, why were you looking at me in my room? And she said, mommy wasn't home, sweetie. You must have had a dream. We opened the closet again just to be sure and found nothing out of the ordinary. I didn't finish out the night at Daniel's house. My father came and picked me up before sunrise. The end. <laughs> so what's the update? Good for you. Um, I guess that must have been the update. With the added it. Yeah, oh, okay. he must have added it. Um, actually, they asked him or them. I don't know if it's a him or, or a girl. Some questions. Uh, they said, I will field any questions as honestly and thoroughly as I can. So Key Weagle asked, did his little brother ever explain any more about the cold people? Was there something else in the closet yeah. that was different? Do you have more? Why was the mom pointing at it? And they responded, his brother is now like 17 years old and has zero recollection of this night. It's strange. And no, after I got picked up that night, I didn't see Alex again for a long time. By the time I saw mm -hmm. him next, I didn't think to ask about the cold people. I'd forgotten about them for a long time until a recent bout of scary storytelling at a buddy's party jogged my memory. Yikes. Really? And then someone, uh, Dan Knugs 17 said, tell me about the creature. So the author responded, it has been reported in many versions as with, so this is the, the demon of Black yeah. Canyon or whatever. It has been reported in many versions as with most supernatural entities. I personally am a stone-cold atheist, and I do not believe in hauntings or demons, but I will tell you exactly what I've been told. So a bit of background on Black Star Canyon. The Tongva tribe lived out there, and when the Spaniards found coal or gold in the hills, they tried to forcibly remove them. Of course, the Tongva didn't want to leave, so the Spaniards murdered and crucified dozens of them throughout the forest. So this might have something to do with pissed-off spirits in the area. Yeah. Um, in the 1960s, a small bus full of kids went missing in Black Star. They found the bus, but nothing else. I never checked Google to see if this is true, but the bus is there. I can confirm this. It's laying in a ditch two miles out on the trails with plants grown all over it. It's very old and white. In the 1980s, it was the meeting grounds for a satanic cult who would regularly, regularly gather for rituals and prayer and all sorts of things. I know a real Satanist, and he says they don't do what people think they do. They don't, like, try to summon demons and such, like in Hollywood horror films. Apparently, most of them only think of the devil as a metaphor and not a real creature, but some of them, the spiritual Satanists, do try to communicate with spirits and demons. There are all kinds of scary stories involving these cultists. In the 1990s, a KKK group or some other racist group regularly met out in Black Star for cross burnings and chili cook-offs. Jeez. <laughs> or whatever shenanigans these people engage in. You want to come over for a cross burger and some chili? <laughs> right? Like, good night. You guys like racist chili? Oh my god. Horrible. Beans or no beans? There are some stories of violence associated with these groups. Um, yeah. Today their descendants are all bikers, and there's a biker bar called Cook's Corner at the mouth of Black Star Canyon. 
Um, it says a bunch of ruffians. I had never heard that word before. I wouldn't take my girlfriend there. The most famous story about the demon of Black Star comes from two guys who went hiking and allegedly saw a bunch of either dead Native Americans or dead conquistadors running down the mountain. Other people have reported sightings, notably a group of high school kids who found the well. They all got really sick standing around it, and one of the girls started seeing things at the edge of the woods. When they ran away, they saw a creature crawl out of the well and run into the forest. It had the head of a horse or mule and the body of a little girl. So we have Native Americans. We have a well. We have Satanists. We have like horrible fucking racist people out there bringing all kinds of horrible juju. Like, places fuck. Why would you want to buy a house? near this shit native americans alone would do it they were murdered where no right Mm -mm. exactly uh so that's the end of the story did y'all think it was scary it's pretty spooky pretty fucking freaky with that intercom shit and like they they can't yeah i can't let you in they're watching me fuck that kid dude kids are creepy thank god his dad came and got him Oh, my God. And then the mom screaming. Yes. I probably would have peed on myself. Yes. Oh, <laughs> right. my gosh. They'd have been like, sorry, she suffers from night terrors. I'd be like, and you didn't tell me this shit before I decided to stay like, the night lock over her here. door? Right. <laughs> I mean, like, no wonder this kid's having wacky-ass dreams mm-hmm. of creepy right. and stuff Ugh. if his mom just randomly wakes him up by standing screaming. in the doorway screaming, pointing at the closet. Like, yeah. come on. I wonder <laughs> if she, like, put that dolphin in there that they found or something. Ugh. Well, no, she wasn't home yet. Yeah. Remember, they went to the garage. Yeah, she wasn't home until. I wonder if she was the woman at the neighbor's house. Remember when the neighbor no, said she, they said were she was out at home. that point? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, she said she wasn't home. I thought I remembered when I listened to this on my podcast that the parents had actually died. See, so, that's what I was thinking. That's why I could have sworn that, that was the ending. So when I read this, I was I was like, wow, that did not end the way I remembered it. Maybe I'm mixing. It with another story. Or yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. I was expecting Pizza Boy to die. Like, yeah, legit, right. Legit. Honestly, he, like, they found out later. Oh, he died. Yeah, he was real. murdered. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe we should ask the question on there and be like, "Hey, whatever happened to the Pizza Boy? Yeah, where's the pizza going? Oh, freaky. Um, another thing that kind of reminded me. Another thing I forgot to tell you about the Layla book, because it starts off at as like. Like a haunting, like he starts noticing weird things. Like um, he had put some soup on the stove to cook, and he goes upstairs to check on his girl girlfriend. And I guess he had left like a kitchen towel too close to the stove, and it catches on fire. So like he smells smoke, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And he runs down there, and the towel had been like thrown in the sink, and the water was on over it. So it starts out just like a regular haunting, and uh, one night he's like typing on his laptop and the laptop just like shuts on his fingers and he's like holy fuck so the first night I'm reading this my work laptop which was turned off and closed on my desk it's in the bedroom I'm getting ready for bed it's like late at night Steve I usually go into bed to read and Steve is usually playing PlayStation so I was in there by myself and my laptop starts beeping and in the book the ghost calls herself Willow and I'm like Willow here's what the fuck we are not about to do (laughs) And they actually use his laptop to, like, communicate. Like, she'll type on it to communicate when she's not possessing the girlfriend. Yeah, I think Willow's trying to Windows update. Right. (laughs) Wait, what? I get it. On your computer. When there's, it pops up, you know, do you want to do it now or later or schedule? Fuck that. Get the fuck out of my computer, chick. (laughs) Damn. Oh, my gosh. Well, those are all the scary stories that I have and that Lacey has. 
So we hope you enjoyed this special episode. Um, next week, we're still reading The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley. So we'll be talking about that next week. So you officially have one week to read it. Send us your questions, thoughts, reviews, grievances. Two Bookworms, one podcast at gmail.com. Or Instagram, two bookworms, one podcast. Let us know. Bye, guys. Little, say bye. Bye. <sighs>